May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. My brother has recently introduced me to uh, the Netflix show, Clarkson's Farm. Actually, I think it's on Amazon Prime, not Netflix, but um, Clarkson's Farm. I don't know if any of you have seen it or heard of it, but if you can get past Jeremy Clarkson, it's actually quite good um, and really highlights the plight of farmers in our country. Uh, That's not what I'm here to tell you about, though. I was watching an episode recently, and uh, Jeremy Clarkson has hired a 23-year-old farm manager, Caleb, who grew up on a farm and knows everything about farming. And um, Caleb had been out sowing rapeseed in a field. Obviously, he's got his great big tractor churning up the ground, and he did all of the sowing. And a short while later... Jeremy's out inspecting the fields and he notices that down the middle of this one huge field of rapeseed there is a straight path right down the middle with no seed, nothing growing. There's lots of green on either side and then down the middle there's this sort of empty path. So in an amusing way he calls Caleb over and he's like, Caleb, I don't know what's happened here. There's a strip down the middle that seems to not have anything growing in it. And Caleb, of course, can't admit that he missed a strip, comes up with all sorts of excuses as to why there is this strip down the middle where there is nothing growing. Clearly, he'd missed a bit in his pattern as he was, as he was um, sowing the seeds, and it's very obvious where there is no seed and nothing growing. Uh, which made me think of our parable today about the sower sowing seed in different places and that seed growing in different ways uh, in different places. Now, they often say you shouldn't really preach on parables um, because parables are a little bit like a joke. If you need to explain them, you've lost it. (laughs) So, in some senses... This parable especially even has an explanation for us. Um, It's not just the parable that's left. We then have this little extra bit where Jesus explains to the disciples what the parable was all about. But just because we know what it's about doesn't mean there aren't some things worth pondering and reflecting upon. Uh, And that is what I thought I would do this morning. There are kind of three elements to the story. Three things to consider. We have a sower, the one who sows the seed. We have the seed. And then we have the soil or the ground on which the seed lands. The sower in this story could be seen as either Jesus or us, those of us who are called to share the good news of Jesus. Some theologians believe that part of what Jesus is doing in this passage, or in this parable, is explaining to the listeners the sort of different responses that Jesus has amongst the people that he speaks to. In some places, 
he's received really well and people follow him and fall over themselves to gather to hear what he's saying and respond to what he's saying. And in other towns, there is, there is nothing. They, they rebuke him, they reject him, or they're just not interested in what Jesus is saying. His disciples too experience some of those different responses themselves as they go about sharing the gospel. And we, as disciples, will experience that same reality, that sometimes there are some people who are just not interested, who just don't get it and don't want to hear, and others who immediately get it and want to know more um, and want to grow in faith. But I think that it's a parable that gives us hope that as long as we continue to be faithful and persevere at doing the work that God has called us to, there will be some fruit. Now, even 2,000 years ago, there were different methods of sowing seeds. Some who were rich might have had um, oxen uh, who would have ploughed the fields and then they would have scattered the seeds. But we tend to always have this image when we read this story. Um, I don't know if you've seen those, um, those pictures. I think it's on, on the old Good News Bible of the, the cloth sack around the sower's um, body and he's going out and just sowing the seeds um, as, as he travels and as he goes. But no matter what method of farming you would have chosen to, to use for sowing those seeds back then, Every farmer would know where to plant seeds. You'd know where the good soil is, where the good places are to place the seed. And you'd be quite intentional because seed is expensive. So you don't waste it by putting it in the wrong places. You try and make sure you've put it in the right places so that it stands the best chance of growing. That's not really the image we have of this sower. This sower is liberally throwing the seed all over the place, on the hard path, on the rocky ground, on the thorny fields, just everywhere. And I think that that is just a wonderful image of what God is like. There's this sense of God's abundance and God's generosity. The seeds are thrown liberally around all the potential, all that goodness, it's not restricted just to those who are getting it right or just to those that are in the right place. This seed is spread everywhere as though the sower has such a huge supply that it doesn't matter if some of it doesn't end up growing. But actually, it might grow. It might grow in some of those unusual places. Seeds might take root, and there might be something. It's as though God, the sower, is taking a chance that maybe something will grow, even in those difficult places. Something will spring up in those unexpected places. Uh, There's a uh, Russian monk called Seraphim of Sarov, And he said this, he said, sow everywhere the good seed given to you. Sow in good ground, sow in sand, sow amongst the stones, sow on the, on the, on the clod, sow amongst the weeds, 
Perhaps some of these seeds will open up and grow and bring forth fruit, even if not at once. It's a wonderful image of God sowing everywhere and hoping that seeds will grow in all places. God is abundant. There's more than enough of him to go around. And so we too can be liberal in our spreading of the seed. We don't need to wait for the right person and the right moment and the perfect occasion and just spread it out there. You know, be abundant like God is abundant. His grace is bigger than us. So keep sharing, keep putting your faith out there and trusting that our God, who is a generous God, will do more than we can imagine. I wonder in what ways you could be liberal in your sharing of faith. How much kindness can you show to others? How much goodness, how much love, how many signs of the kingdom can you show others as you go about your week? Now the state of the soil in the parable is important. I think the sound's gone off. Has it? Yeah, tell you what. Is it still on? Okay. Uh, So the state of the soil in the parable is important. It is the soil that determines how the seed is able to grow and what kind of crop it's able to yield. Now, if we spend time just thinking about that soil from an individual point of view, the seed sorry, the soil, could be representative of the states of our hearts. How receptive are you to hearing from God and responding to his call? To be receptive, we first need to be listening. How much do we actually listen for God? How intentional are you about wanting to hear God's voice and his call to you. It doesn't just happen out of the blue. We need to want to hear from God and to seek to listen for him if we want to hear what he's saying. Secondly, I wonder how malleable is your heart? If you listen and hear God, how willing are you to respond? Very often, God asks us to do things that we might not immediately want to do, things that might not feel comfortable. He might ask us to change things about the way that we are and about the world that is around us. And that can be hard to do. That requires a willingness to change and a willingness to be changed, which is not always easy. But God rarely speaks to an individual for an individual's um, well-being. He speaks to all of us, collectively. So I wonder what our collective soil is like. If we think of our church as all saints, as the soil for the seed, what kind of soil have we got here? 
Do we have soil where a seed might be choked? Or stolen away through hard hearts and attitudes? Or do you think we are able to be a place where seeds can grow and thrive? We've been given a beautiful new space. We might be able to think of it as a lovely field. Um, And we are the soil that is in this field. So what kind of soil will all saints be? We need to work together so that we can be the kind of soil where seeds can be sown and will find a place to grow. Lots of questions, I'm afraid. But in what ways will you be involved in helping to make this a welcoming place where people feel enticed to come in and welcomed once they do? What part can you play in helping to make this a place where people will want to stay and ask questions, questions that will help them grow in their faith? We don't want people merely to come in and leave again changed, unchanged with taking nothing with them. What are we going to give people who come here? How do you think we can help to make All Saints a place where seeds can grow and be set on a path of fulfilment and flourishing? How can you each get on board and be a part of that? I think we should take a leaf out of our master's book and seek to be sowers who sow good seed everywhere we go. We should be liberal and generous and kind, showing love to everyone, everywhere. And we can trust that because God is who God is, he will make the gospel seed grow where it should grow. What we say And how we embody the gospel in practice will make a difference in the world, in this church, in one another's lives. What we do will bear fruit, whether in individual lives or in faith communities or in the wider society. So let's keep sowing, let's keep going, and let's keep inviting people into this space where they can grow. Amen.